Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. It is Wednesday, July 15th, 2015. I can't believe it. We're almost, you know, we're knee deep in the summer. We're not halfway through, but we're we're pretty darn close. And it's time is flashing by as it always seems to do. Our guest this evening is uh, an author, Brenda Michaels. Her book is The Gift of Cancer. We're going to be bring her on in a few minutes. She's got a miraculous journey to talk about the healing that she's gone through. And um, having had uh, two robotic surgeries last year on my kidneys, I could relate so much to her book. And it's a wonderful, wonderful book. And uh, Brenda's a very nice lady. I've talked to her a few times when we were trying to pull the show together about a month ago. And uh, hopefully we'll make it happen this evening. We had some technical glitches, which I apologize to everybody for. But that's uh, when you're doing a guys, guys, radio, blog, talk, radio, podcast. Sometimes you run into those type of challenges, but uh, things will keep getting better and better. So what can we say about what's going on today? Um, well, as I mentioned, we're knee deep in the summer. And uh, one of the rights of summer is uh, in the guys, guys world, if you will, is a major league all-star game. So the baseball game was last night. The American League beat the uh, National League. And what that means is that uh, during the World Series, the American League now has the uh, home field advantage. So they've put some stakes in the game. And um, they also, the game was in Cincinnati this year, and they had Pete Rose. They gave him kind of a stand, a long, I think an 80-second, 90-second standing ovation. Uh, although he's, it doesn't look like he's going in the Hall of Fame because they found out that he was uh, – found to be betting on his own team while he was managing the Cincinnati Reds. So uh, even though he has more hits than anybody in baseball, he was a bad boy. So I don't think he's going to get in the Hall of Fame because, um, you know, when you start gambling on your own team and you're the manager, not good. So uh, and gambling is a is a disease. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we all can learn from that. A lot of other stuff in sports today in uh, NFL, uh, the Dallas Cowboys re-signed Des Bryant to a long term deal. The uh, uh, Denver Broncos signed Demetrius Thomas to a long-term deal. But the New York Giants, they were in discussions with their defensive end, uh, JPP, and um, he did not get a long-term deal. And uh, the reason is, um, during the 4th of July holiday, he blew off uh, his index finger of his right hand. And he's a defensive lineman, so you have to kind of grab your way in to get to the quarterback uh, and that's going to affect him. So he's on a one-year deal. He's playing out his contract, and I can't really blame the Giants for not giving him a long-term deal until they see how he responds to uh, the loss of uh, an important finger. Um, not that, not that, that all fingers are important, but the index finger in particular is extremely important, and for, if you're an athlete, and, uh, and you really need that. Otherwise, it's the thumb and your middle finger, and there's a big gap there And for strength and leverage and all of that, particularly when you're at the professional level in sports. any Everybody's looking for any type of little edge. Now, losing a finger, that's a big edge you've just lost. So 
Uh, God bless him, and we hope everything's all right. Um, elsewhere, well, I got some good news today. You know, I've been at this guy's guy brand, building it for the last, I can't tell you how many years we've been building it, but it's been, uh, it's been a really interesting journey. So uh, we started out with uh, the book, the novel, The Guy's Guy's Guy to Love, which you can pick up on Amazon um, or any of the e-tailers, and it's in some bookstores, but it's probably fastest and uh, easiest to get uh, is on one of the e-tailers, and you can get the digital book also that way for about, I think it's about 350 or something now. So uh, that's great. But um, we also have Guys Guys Radio, and this is, uh, we've done like, I don't know, 150 podcasts now. So it's going great. We're booked through um, through October of this year, and November is quickly filling up. So it's been a big success. So very pleased about that. And the whole, you know, the, the novel was a novel, but it was about men and relationships. And uh, so it's kind of picked up some steam. And uh, also my blog uh, at robertmanny.com. The blog is on life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. I riff about different subjects every week. You can pick me up there. And I've also uh, been featured on uh, Your Tango as well as now Thought Catalog. So we're getting a lot of play now and getting a lot of readers and a lot more awareness for the brand. You can find me on Facebook, Robert Manny Author, or just hit me up, Robert Manny. Also Twitter at Robert Manny and YouTube. Robert Manny, author, and of course, every podcast of Guys Guys Radio is available on Block Talk Radio, or also you can have it on iTunes. You can download them all for free. So I hope you enjoy that. So we did get some good news, though, as, as, was, as I was saying. Uh, I've got a feature screenplay adaptation of The Guys Guys Guide to Love, and I have um, submitted it to a bunch of contests just to see how it would do going up against uh, uh, other screenwriters. And uh, the good news is now the results are starting to come back. So I got one result and I'm in, I went through three rounds so far for probably I'd say one of the top three most prestigious screenplay contests and that is Page International. So the script is now in uh, the quarterfinals. So we'll find out in a month if we get to the semifinals and then further from there. But it's a, uh, I'm very appreciative and very pleased. And, uh, you know, it's a, a, lot of, a lot of work went into polishing the screenplay. I have to, I have to give a lot of uh, thanks also to my friend Steve Armour, who really helped me make it. Uh, he's a great screenwriter, help it uh, sing loud and clear. So fingers crossed on that. And um, as, uh, as we will talk about in this episode, let go and let God. So um, what else is happening? Well, I've been traveling a little bit. I had a little time off. I've been going kind of back and forth between New York and Ocean Grove. My wife's a teacher, um, and we actually have a little son. He's two years old, and we've been taking him on the train between New York and we go down to the Jersey Shore. And it's been a real trip, go, uh, no pun intended, going back and forth and uh, getting the little guy on the train. And we just broke him of his habit of the the binky, the pacifier, and that's a week, a week old now. So what's happened from there is it's been painful listening to him shriek all the time. However, um, and he eats a lot because it's very oral uh, fixation from the, from the binky. But now he is beginning to speak a lot more, a lot faster. Everything's coming together. I think really think the pacifier was slowing him down. So just an FYI to other parents out there, the, something to keep in mind. Um, also, uh, my wife and I, we kind of got on a diet. I'm doing a detox, a new kind of diet. And I've, I've tried lots of different diets, but this is a, I'm doing a liver detox and a uh, like a sugar candida cleanse to make sure my levels are really good because um, 
you know, sugar is uh, the enemy, and uh, you want to make sure it gets out of your body. And, and the Western diet uh, is filled with hidden sugar. And we're going to talk about that with Brenda a little bit. But um, cutting out the sugar and then doing a liver detox on top of that um, is no easy task because basically, you know, I don't eat meat, but um, I do like fish, so I can have fish. I can't have any carbs, really. Um, can't have rice. Um, no snacks or anything. So it's basically eating a lot of grilled vegetables and um, very high-end organic yogurt. And all the vegetables are organic, of course. I uh, can't have any fruit, no milk, uh, no alcohol, no fruit, no desserts, no nothing, no jam, no bread, no pasta, no tomato sauce, no Thousand Island dressing, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's tough, but uh, I've been at it for nine days and have lost, and I'm taking these uh, caprylic acid capsules, which kill all the bad uh, enzymes in the sugary, sugary enzymes in your system because it's been proven over and over again that, you know, the sickness usually comes from the gut. So you have to take care of your gut to stay healthy. Um, but uh, I've lost 10 pounds in the last week uh, feeling pretty good. Um, it's a little bit of a trip for me because uh, I, I went into the health food, food store the other day and it's like I couldn't eat 75% of the stuff in the health food store even. So it's a, it's a challenge. But I just figure, oh, eggs I can eat also. So figure eggs, vegetables, yogurt, tea, decaffeinated tea because I don't use caffeine anymore. So it's like, whoa, it's, it's pretty limited. Uh, and I'm going to do it for the rest of the month and see how it goes. Uh, and then, uh, you know, hope back to normal. But my habits should change by then. But um, it's it's if you're going to take care of your health, you got to start with your gut. And we'll be talking about that more with our guests. Now, let's talk a little bit about our guests. Since I'm very pleased that we are putting this together tonight with her. Brenda uh, is an inspiring, insightful passionate communicator through her work as a syndicated talk show host of conscious on conscious talk radio and the women's hour a public speaker workshop leader author of several articles on women's health issues animal activist spiritual emotional coach a former anchor for uh, anchor writer for civil magazine member of the advisory board for the emerald heart center foundation um, and her book is the gift of cancer uh, and that and that is not a joke a Miraculous Journey to Healing, written with uh, Marsha Merchant. And it's out, and I've read it, and it's a terrific book. And um, let's, uh, let's bring her out right now. Good evening, Brenda. Are you there? I am here, and good evening, Robert. Uh, How are you? Fantastic. Finally. We're finally yes. together on the air. And I want to say, I want to say congratulations to you on your screenplay. That's incredible. Oh, and congratulations to you on your um, diet regime. I know how difficult it is to stay on a restricted diet like that because I was on mine for four and a half years. And uh, so congratulations on that. Oh, thanks. Uh, you know, I've tried. I've done juicing and uh, I've done the master cleanse. And the problem with those mm -hmm. diets is... Um, you know, you can't, you know, in some of the juicing, I've done the juicing with, uh, you know, apples, beets, carrots. Now I can't have apples, yes. beets, and carrots. And the right. master cleanse has sugar. Kind of, It's kind of sugary. Uh, it's not real regular sugar, but it's 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 got 
it, it turns into sugar and you, it's got honey. Mm -hmm. So you can't have mm -hmm. that. So, uh, mm -hmm. and so it's really, it's plain. And my wife is, she's a saint. She says, oh, vegetables, isn't this great? Vegetables for breakfast. How about a salad <laughs> for breakfast? I'm like, again, can I have popcorn? Yeah. Look, it says it's organic. It's not. It's non-GMO. It's got. There's no sugar. Oh no, that's fiber, and it's, it's starch. So if you eat that, it turns yeah. to sugar. I'm like, oh my god. Are you so doing anyhow. this to lose weight? Are you doing um, this to well, lose weight? I actually, you know what I'm doing? It. I I went through my own regime, as I mentioned briefly at the top of the show. I had a a year ago, almost today. I got diagnosed with out of the blue. I, I was running and I went home and I went through two days of bouts of incredible pain in my uh, uh, left side and I found out I had mm -hmm. a kidney stone. It forced me mm -hmm. to the doctor and uh, then they said, oh, and we did a CAT scan and oh, by the way, you have a growth uh, on each kidney that we wanna take off. Mm -hmm. Now, good news mm -hmm. is it's mm -hmm. very, very early and um, you could have gone 10 years and you wouldn't even notice anything, but uh, it, you're lucky. And, um, and I am lucky. So I went in, I had two robotic surgeries. I just saw my surgeon last week. He said, you're functioning actually better than you were before and everything's out and you didn't have to go through, you know, I didn't have to have chemo or anything like that. They just go in there, mm -hmm. they take it out and that's it. So since then, uh, what I learned was, um, is that you, you, you know, they, the Western medicine is great at, um, technology, like robotic surgery, unbelievable. However, right. When I asked, how did I get this? We don't know. Uh, right. What do I do in the future? Just keep doing your thing. Um, you know, yeah. that it's like mm -hmm. they're great. It's like bringing the car in. They're the best mechanics in the world. Yeah. And I say that as a compliment. Now, going forward, though, the up, it's up to the individual to take care of yourself. So I've heard some wonderful people like yourself on the show who have mm -hmm. scanned me for vibration frequency. And I've got told like, hey, you might want to look into this or that. And two things were right. liver and uh, candida, which like 85% of people have an issue with. They don't even know it. And um, right. keeping the liver detox is a really good thing too. So I figured, you know, going forward, I don't want to have to go back even though right. my surgeon's fantastic, I don't want to ever have to go back. So I'm, go I'm going to try these, you know, different methodologies of alternative medicine. So with that in mind, mm -hmm. enough about me, Brenda, let's talk about your book, The Gift of Cancer. It was inspirational. It's very well written. And your story is amazing. So uh, especially for people like myself who, you know, had a, had a little flash uh, scare. And uh, when you mm -hmm. go in twice in a five-week period, and it's like, you know, you see the, you know, I went into my second surgery and I didn't know if I'd come out with a kidney or not. And fortunately, right. uh, everything went perfectly. And I, I let go and I let God and I, I, I empowered my body to, to release the growth inside me. But tell us your story. Let's just, just in a nutshell, what happened to you? Well, and before I get there, I just wanted to say that, you know, that book, the book is well written and that really was uh, the responsibility of uh, my my co-writer Marcia Mercant, she's an, a phenomenal writer, and it could have never I, I I don't feel it could have been brought to fruition without her, and I just wanted to make mention of that because right. she was uh, such a great part of this. But you know, my story goes back way back to my uh, my late twenties, and when I was twenty six, I was diagnosed with cervical cancer. And I didn't know anything, uh, you know, I didn't know anything about my body or I wasn't into health sure. or any of that at, at that time in my life. And it, it really shook me. But, you know, I had the 
surgery. I lost my ability to have children. They did a complete hysterectomy. They got clean margins. And so the 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 words from my doctor were, you know, you're doing really well. We got it out. We don't have to go any further with any treatment. And if you make it five years or more, you're cancer-free. And so mm-hmm. I went on with my life just like I was. Same diet, same relationships, same patterns that I was in, not not knowing that, you know, those those patterns, the emotions I was living, the people I was living with and, and involved with were a lot of toxic relations uh, relationships and a lot of toxicity emotionally with me, a lot of toxic patterns that I carried in my life. I didn't know any of that. So I did. I went on with my life. And five years, at five years, we celebrated because I was cancer-free still. Mm-hmm. And then eight years after that, I found a lump in my breast and I went and I had it checked out immediately and I had it checked out by three different doctors and I was told that it was an infected milk gland. It was not cancer. I didn't need to worry about it. They would keep an eye on it. And so this lasted about two years where I was going in periodically by three different doctors and getting checked and being told basically the same thing. And I was living in a, I was living for a short time in Seattle and moving to L.A. to pursue my acting career. And when I got to L.A., just getting started in my acting career, and um, I was also doing some modeling on the side, and I was doing a modeling job one day, and the lady that I was doing this job for came up to me, and she said, Brenda, are you okay? She said, you've lost your sparkle. And I was having a lot of difficulty that day with that breast. There was a lot of burning pain in that breast I was feeling. I was very tired all the time, having a hard time keeping my energy up. So I just shared with her that I had this lump on my breast, and I'd had it checked, and I was told it was non-malignant. And I was taking antibiotics for the burning because they thought that was an infection. And when I take a course of antibiotics, it would get better, but the lump never you know, never went away. Mm-hmm. In fact, it enlarged. And uh, she panicked when I told her that. And she's the one that really got me down the road to a, a really good surgeon in Beverly Hills. And of course, when he looked at it, he asked me why I hadn't had anything done about it. And I just broke into tears and said, I've tried. And uh, he did a needle biopsy, which was never offered to me. I didn't even know that existed. That's how naive mm-hmm. I was back then. And the needle biopsy came back and it was cancer. And so I lost my left breast. And a year later, they found it in my right breast and down through my lymph nodes. And at that point, you know, I was told when I lost the first breast, they wanted me, they suggested that maybe I do some chemotherapy, but it was they weren't adamant about it, so I didn't do it. I started on the drug tamoxifen. Mm-hmm. Um, when I lost my second breast and they found it in the lymph nodes, they were adamant that I do chemotherapy. And it was very interesting, Robert. It something in me, first of all, I had a very visceral feeling in my gut when I when my doctor would bring up chemotherapy. It was like a clinching feeling in my gut. And I started to pay attention to that. And I started to this like this communication, this voice in me started to come through. And and I, I don't know why to this day, but that is what began to, to happen to me at that time. And I realized, number one, chemo was not the way for me to go. It was a personal choice I made, 
but I realized that there, my body was telling me something. And so I turned the chemo down. And when I turned down the chemotherapy, my oncologist who had been giving me the tamoxifen, he released me as a patient because he said, I can't be responsible for you unless you're going to do the proper protocols. And I understood mm -hmm. what he meant by that. And I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew I couldn't do the chemo. And that's when I really started praying and really getting in touch on a deep level and asking for help and asking for direction and guidance. And out of the blue one day, my husband, who's not my current husband, but it was when I was having this episode, out of the blue one day, he just happened to mention he knew a chiropractor in Seattle that knew a doctor of immunology in New York that might be able to help me with the cancer. Mm -hmm. And that was Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez. And that's how I found out about Dr. Gonzalez. And I knew from my physical being, everything in me was a giant yes. This was what my body needed. So I went down that road for my physical body. But I also began to understand, uh, Robert, that all, you know, most illness and disease is motivated, if you will, or we open ourselves up to it because of all the emotional and spiritual junk, if you will, or gunk that we're carrying around, wounds that we haven't resolved yet. And those wounds are energies that sit in the body, and those energies cause, um, you know, energetic blocks in the organs in the body, and we start having physical symptoms. So mm -hmm. I wanted to get underneath why I had the cancer. And Let me so ask you I a question. Going Let me in. ask you a yes. question. How, 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 just on behalf of the viewer, uh, listeners, how did you come to that epiphany, if you will? By in going in and praying and asking for guidance. Okay. I was getting mm -hmm. guidance and I was writing. I was I started journaling and doing automatic writing. I'd come out of those, the prayers and meditations, mm -hmm. having asked those questions, and then I would just write free form right, not censor mm -hmm. what I was writing, and I was getting messages. Mm -hmm. That's how okay. I was getting that information, yes. Thanks. And, and that's when I started looking at my past and looking at what I was taught, the beliefs that I carried. And most of these beliefs, Robert, were unconscious beliefs that were running my life. And that's what unconscious beliefs do. We all carry beliefs, and some of them are, that we are conscious of, others we are not. And it was really the unconscious beliefs and some that I was stunned that I was carrying that were really driving the choices and decisions I was making in my life, the patterns I carried, the people I associated with, the things that I was saying yes to that were really not serving me. Hmm. That's, that's fascinating. So keep going with the story. Let, let, what, what, let's do the whole story and then we'll have a discussion about kind of different aspects okay. of it. So you meet Dr. Okay. Gonzalez. I did. I finally ended up going to Dr. Gonzalez, and for my physical body, he put me on this incredibly restricted diet and this incredibly challenging protocol. And I had to, um, I was eating the first year, I was eating nothing but 100% or organic raw everything, including mm -hmm. raw calf's liver that wow. I was taking, yes. And what I did, and I, I, I actually started this for him and his patients. He loved the idea so much. I couldn't do it raw. 
he wanted me to just, you know, put it in my juice. Every morning I had to juice. I had to do a, a gallon a, a day of juices. And every morning I'd start out with raw juices. And he wanted me to put it in there, and I just couldn't stomach it. So what I did is I cut the calf's liver into little strips, rolled it into small balls, froze it, and then I popped it in and took it just like a pill. Wow. And, and he said, that works. That'll work. That'll serve the same purpose. I'm going to tell all my patients to do that because that was one thing in the protocol that was the most difficult was taking this raw liver, raw calf's liver every day. And so what, I was on this very what raw was calf's this, liver. Uh, what, what, uh, it was I'm just for curious. the enzyme value. It was uh, okay. for the enzyme value, yes. Mm -hmm. This is part of his protocol. Okay. Um, and then, and I was taking vitamins and minerals on top of that, and eating this very restricted diet. And after the first year, I was able to incorporate some fish back into my diet, and later on other things, other forms of protein that are, some chicken, you know, like grass fed and and chickens mm. that are not cooped up, you know, nothing industrialized. Right. Pasture cooked. Yes, pasture fed, yes. Um, mm -hmm. And I was start, I could incorporate that. But I was on that diet and on his protocol for four and a half years. Wow, that's a long time. And what did yes. what and I was doing all these on? cleansing routines as well, mm -hmm. heavy duty cleansing routines, liver flushes and all of that and, and having to drink Epsom salts before I did those protocols, which was the second worst thing in that protocol was doing that. But I mm. stayed on it. I was I was very loyal to the program. I understood when he was, you know, I was very curious. You know, I wasn't one, one of those patients that just did what he asked. I wanted to know why. What does that do sure. for me? Why is that helping my body? And then I was doing all the inner spiritual work at the same time. And I could feel myself getting stronger and better and filled with more energy and filled with more light. I could feel it. I could see it in my eyes. I looked 10 years younger when I came off that program. The stress, the internal and the external stress had melted away because I was living my life completely 100% opposite of how I lived it before. Wow. And how long ago was that? 25 years ago. So after you did the protocol for about four years or so, since then, what? how has your lifestyle evolved? Oh, it's amazing. I mean, when you begin to grow internally, when you begin to shed the self that we think we are, which is really the false self, and live the beingness that we are, when you begin to do that, you begin to grow and evolve, your life becomes almost like a magical quality to it. And that doesn't mean that I don't have my challenges. Now, health-wise, I'm extremely healthy. I've had maybe two colds in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean I don't have certain things that come up. But the challenges that, you, that present themselves, you're able to move through them with so much more grace and ease and you learn from each one of them. You get the gift from each one of those challenges. And it's like these great aha moments. So it's felt something you celebrate, not something you go, oh, my God, I don't have, what do you mean I have to go through that? It's really something you learn to celebrate. How, how so my you, life is completely changed. 
That's fantastic. How, how, how do you feel when, you know, because I, I'm like a guy's guy and I not just saying mm. it because of the brand or anything, but you know, I like to go have a good time. I've been in the advertising business in this New York city. I was single for a long time. I like sports. Mm -hmm. I like to do a lot of stuff. And now I really, you know, kind of evolving where the, the, the brand itself is not just about relationships. It's about, there's a spiritual aspect to it. I, I want to do things mm -hmm. to help other other men and the people who love uh, men, uh, women, and um, and I, I see you know with my friends I go out and I see you know I got a buddy he's a good buddy he's got you know diabetes stage you know uh, adult diabetes he's got cholesterol mm -hmm. I'm out mm -hmm. he's eating like t pounding beers deviled eggs sliders chicken wings. And you don't want to get <laughs> preachy and say anything. And I'm there drinking, you know, club soda. And uh, yeah. and I feel like, uh, you know, in the I'm the one who's weird, but I have to do this. Uh, how do you feel when you deal with, you know, other other people around you? Do they do they understand your, you know, wh where you're coming from? Or and is it like why me? Or when you see every because you know the Western diet and everything they sell in the grocery store except for the or, organic stuff and that you see advertised on TV, it's all bad for mm -hmm. you. I mean, oh, it yeah, is. I know it, it is. is. Of course, it, it is. It's not nutrition. It's not right. real food. It's no longer real food, and there's no real nutrition in it. And you know, when I'm around, first of all, I love that you are a guy's guy. I love that. And you're going to have guy friends that are going to still be in that guy mode. I mean, that real, you know, like that cultural guy mode. And you're not right. going to be that anymore because for your health sake, you can't be. And you've had that wake-up call. And all you can be with them is just be their friend and allow them to do what they do. That's how I do with my friends. I never say anything to any of them. They have mm -hmm. to walk their own path. And if they're meant to wake up and they're meant to have something physically happen, believe me, it's going to happen. And then if they reach out, I'm available. But if they don't reach out, I don't say anything. And I just do my right. own thing. And they, they know that, and you know, the, the more okay you are with what you're doing, the more okay they're going to be with what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Because no, your energy precedes you. So if you've accepted you 100% and you love what you're doing and it's working for you, they're going to get that from you energetically. On some level, they're going to know that. And so it's going to be fine with them. If you don't accept it and you're having a hard time with it and you're wrestling with it and you're embarrassed about it and you're feeling weird about it, they're going to feel weird too because people are our mirrors. People mm -hmm. mirror us energetically. So I always tell all my clients, because I, I have a lot of personal clients that I work with, men and women, is that whatever energy you're holding, that's the energy that's going out into the world. And when you're okay with you, so is everybody else. When you're not, neither is anyone else. And so we project back and forth on each other, and that's how we show where we need to look. That's how it comes up. Somebody triggers something in you, well, it's triggered in you because it's in you. It's being triggered because it's something in you that's not settled, that you haven't come to terms with, that you haven't attended. When you attend that, when you make peace with that, when you heal that, it no longer gets triggered. Mm-hmm.
No, that's so eligantly stated. And you're you're 100% right. I guess the issue is, and I'm sure for myself, and I know because it's the kidneys, uh, fear. How, how, talk to us yeah, about, fear. about fear because I think everybody carries around fear and it's part of like, yeah. it's like how, how do you manage part of your success in life and in health and spiritually is how you manage your fear because, you know, let's face it, the media uh, is, 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 is pretty toxic. You, you know, the, I noticed yeah. I flipped the channel the other night just to check and, and then I flipped the, the, the online websites for different, um, newspapers and everybody had the same news, the same articles. Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, and you never see anything about, for instance, you know, there's a war in Afghanistan been going on for like, I don't, I don't even know how long you don't see anything yeah. about it. Uh, but right. we get the latest, you know, other stuff like Donald Trump goes, you know, goes off on somebody, but it's right. fear is rampant from media. And then with the job market and money and everybody thinks the economy is going to explode and everything. How do, how do you, how, how does the, how do you, counsel people in terms of dealing with fear because fear can make you sick and i'm sure oh, part yeah. of my thing came from fear just it's in there how do you manage it because everybody's got fear right there's nothing wrong well, with having fear a, right no no of course not it's a normal part of being human mm -hmm. but we're not but we're not a hundred percent human we are and what i mean by that is we are spirit living in a body we are spiritual beings first and foremost actualizing spirit in a human body and the body having a personality the body feeling the the personality the ego feeling separated from spirit is afraid it's the mind the conscious mind the ego mind that holds the fear so it's a natural part of us it isn't the greatest part of us but unfortunately because we've forgotten who we really truly are at the at the soul of us at the core of us and that's what I got reconnected with Robert that's the part of me that brings me the peace that's the part of me that helps me to stay stable that's a part of me that is the wise part of me the part that guides me the part that helps to bring me back down to earth when I go into fear and go off and let my mind start to make a story up around something that I don't even know is the absolute truth but mm -hmm. my mind's got a hold of it and it begins to story and the mind by the way your thoughts the mind the conscious mind that's thinking your mm -hmm. thoughts are electric are electrical and in other words, when you have a thought, it sends an electrical impulse through the body. And that recruits, that impulse, that electrical impulse recruits certain emotions. And the emotions are what magnetize to us our experiences. So you have a thought. Now, you don't know if this thought is reality or not, but you heard something. And the thought is fear. The thought is a fearful thought. That so fearful thought already has gone through the body just like that it's a it's a split second it's recruited fear and probably a few other emotions and the mind's already starting to make a story up around it well what I've learned to do is when I start thinking those kind of crazy thoughts because they are and we're and, and the media loves to keep the fear out there because it's a control mechanism to keep people down, to keep people so distracted in their lives 
that they don't take the time to question, is this true for me? Is this really the truth for me? Mm-hmm. So what we do is we have an automatic response. What I've learned to do, and I learned it going through my healing process and what I teach all my, my clients, is I teach them when they have a thought, and that thought starts to recruit something in the body that doesn't feel good, to stop in that moment, to stop, stop yourself, to stop, take a breath, and ask yourself, is this really the truth for me? Is this really true? Or is this my mind glomming onto something and spinning me out of control again? Every time you stop yourself, what you're doing, because the brain is really amenable and we have these neural pathways and we have these deep neural pathways where we've created all these patterns and that kind of thinking negative thinking are patterns that's a pattern when every time you catch yourself and you stop and you take a breath and you ask that question guess what you're breaking that pattern you're shattering that pattern you're weakening that pattern and the more you weaken that pattern the less control that pattern has over you and now you're conscious you're aware you're conscious that's happening. And every time you're conscious of that, that pattern weakens. And when you ask, is this the truth for me or the truth of me or is this really real or is this my mind wanting to take me down that road again, every time you do that, you turn that other direction because you've asked that mm-hmm. question and you're, you're going to feel this resounding no in your body. You're going to feel it. And then you decide, then you get to choose, because our power is really in our choices. You choose to either delete that thought or to think it differently, to think it in a way it serves you. And that's how you create a new pattern, a new neural pathway in your brain. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's let's take it down another level. So... For most people in our, our country, at least, well, I guess around the world, money becomes a fear. You know, everybody's oh, yeah. got a, a money issue. So, yeah. you know, there's fears of, you know, you can watch TV and there's a war going on someplace when there's ISIS and all of that. And I'm not diminishing the, you know, importance of that. But, you know, when it comes to everybody's day to day thing, it's like the reality is they've got bills. And people, you yeah. know, the way the system kind of works is like, you know, get you get get everybody into debt, and then have people, you mm-hmm. know, you kind of stuck yeah, there. Struggle the so, rest of their lives. Yeah. Right. So when uh, for that particular category, let's talk about money, uh, because that's that's real where the bill comes in, uh, and you know, and if if you don't pay, you're gonna have phone calls, for, you know, every day until you pay the bill, or you're gonna have a big problem. So how how do how do you advise people whose fear comes from uh, lack or Money right or their lack and, and of you money. Just, right, you just hit the nail on the head, though, Robert. And it really, where the real fear comes from, is our cultural, collective, and individual belief in lack. Mm-hmm. We have a cultural, collective, and individual belief in lack that we lack anything, that we are not enough, that we do not have enough, that we can't earn enough no matter what it is in that I'm not enoughness, and this was a Mm -hmm. real deep, 
deep core belief for me because I lived what you just described. I lived it with money. I lived it in relationships. I lived it everywhere. And it, it sources down to a deep belief in unworthiness and a deep belief in lack. So what you, what you do is you have to really look at those beliefs. Look at those. Own the fact that you believe that. Be with the fact that you believe it, not from a place of what's wrong with me or judgment, but from a place of deep compassion. We've been taught this. We've learned it very well. We've learned to master that. Well, the fact that we could master that means that we can master another way. We can master a different belief. Because we've certainly mastered this one, and we've all had agreement around this one. Be with that. Be compassionately okay with that. When the fear comes up around it, be willing to breathe into the fear. And this takes practice, let me tell you. None of this is easy. What I'm telling you, none of this is easy. It takes practice, and that's all it takes. If you're willing to practice you can master it. Mastery is sim simply practicing over and over and over what you want to master. That's all mm -hmm. mastery is. It's not anything magical, and it's attainable for everyone. So you can master that. You can breathe into that fear. You can stay out of judgment and feel compassionately for yourself about those beliefs and own those beliefs that you do, you can't heal them until you actually own them and know that you are operating from them. And you bring that to peace within you. And then you change your beliefs. And you start to put your energy and your consciousness and your awareness into the new belief that serves you, which is, mm -hmm. I am worthy and I am enough. And when you embody those two beliefs, guess what? You have enough, and you are worthy of having more. We can't have enough until we know, without a doubt, until we know and we embody that I am enough, that I am worthy. Those are the two core beliefs running this world today. The I'm not enough and I'm not worthy are the two most deep-seated core beliefs. Everybody I've ever talked to have those running their lives on some level to certain degrees. So those are the two beliefs that we want to change. And we well, want okay. to embody, embody, I am enough, I am worthy. And you don't have to do anything or be anybody, per se, like we, we do out there in the world. You have to be somebody. No, you are worthy simply because you are, period. Mm -hmm. No, no you know, I, I agree with you 100%. In fact, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the guy. Paul Selig works with some channel guides. Oh, and love Paul. We've had him on the show, on our radio show, numerous times. Okay. I love Paul. And, yeah. and basically the saying almost to a to a word i'm actually going to a one day workshop i've done the three this will be my third one over the last couple of years but i stumbled upon one of his books in the bookstore um a couple of years ago when it first came out and nobody knew who he mm -hmm. was and i'm like i don't know why i picked this book up and i read it and then i'm like i don't know if i understand that and i read it again and i'm like i got to read it a mm -hmm. third time i've never read a book mm -hmm. three times mm -hmm. 
And I went mm -hmm. to a weekend thing with my wife. We left there and then we conceived that weekend. Uh, it was amazing. And then um, yeah. I've gone back and uh, it was interesting. The guides told me uh, I had a personal meeting with them, a personal one-on-one -on -one or whatever. And they said, you know, would you be doing what you want to do if there was no money in it? Ask yourself that. And I'm like, yeah. okay. So what I've been doing until recently is I've been doing that. And it's been a real challenge. But now I'm actually going back to a, a workshop uh, on Saturday. And I want to see maybe they'll say something different now. Because you know what? Today was a breakthrough. You mentioned the screenplay thing. I never expected. Yeah. I have to say, I, I've been putting, doing all the work internally. Internal work. Inter every day. Yep. And every yep. day, like ritual. Uh, in the morning yeah. and then in the evening. And then today I, I saw the list. And I'm like, do I even have to look at this list? And I went to the list. I looked up G and I see there's nothing there. And I went over to the, da, 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 and there it was. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah. And that was like three rounds. My work has gone through three rounds yeah. and um, it's deserving. Uh, but I hadn't, you know, I've had so much pushback. It's been so tough. To, and, and I think yeah. when you're doing something first, that you have to just persevere and just know it and believe it and just stick to it. And that's what I'm doing. Absolutely. And, I, and part of it is getting the words that you're saying and the words of other people like you, like a Paul. So getting the word out there uh, to help people to really know that, you know, we don't have to be feel like we are not worthy and we, we are not enough. Um, so yeah. what well, we're trying, we're, we're, we're doing honestly, there's a huge shift on the planet right now, Robert, and this shift is from head to heart, which means we're getting out of that head space, that ego, conscious mind space, and we're embedding in the heart, the heart of us, the wisdom piece, the connection to, to the mm -hmm. spirit of who we are, the connection to God, whatever you want to call it. That is this movement on the planet right now. That is what the energy is here promoting now. And that's why those of us that are doing this work and have been doing it for years, look, at the cancer came along for me as a vehicle to wake me up. And it did. And I did all this work. I persevered. I did mm -hmm. stuff that people were going, why are you doing that? Why aren't you doing the chemotherapy? Because it felt I was... I was being guided to do it. I knew mm -hmm. this was the work for me to do. And I knew this could help heal my life. I didn't know if I'd survive the cancer, but I knew I wanted my life healed. I wanted to engage life differently. And whatever time I had left, I wanted to be at peace. And I wanted to have some joy in my life and some abundance for a change. So I was very passionate which i still am about this work i do it every day Absolutely. and it's why my life has changed so much and it's why i'm healthy and yes my body did respond i was one of those that the, the cancer wasn't here really to take my life but it could have had i made other choices but i chose life and i focused on life i didn't fo focus on fighting cancer i focused on life and how I knew my life could be and what I wanted it to be. And that's where I put all my energy and my visions and all of that, my imagination. I wrote about it. I, I did vision statements and mission statements about my life. I really stayed right where I wanted to be with the energy I wanted to live so I could actualize it. And little bit by little bit, persisting and persisting, I began to actualize it. 
Hmm. That's that's amazing. Um, talk to us a little bit about uh, the idea of uh, which I think is very very important. Um, let go and, and let God. And it sounds so. It sounds like trite, but um, and I've been personally trying to do this. I figure, you know what? I, I the the universal consciousness knows what I want and knows what my issues are. And uh, when I go to sleep at night, I have I fall asleep instantly because I just give it all up at the end of the day and yep. say, you know, yes. you know what I, you know what it is and work on it while I'm sleeping. Like I'm going to give it yes. all to you and, uh, you know, yep. trust. So talk to yes, us about it's trust. It's deep trust and it's deep faith. It's deep trust and deep faith. That's what it is. And most people don't have it. And I didn't have it way back when, and I had to practice it. And it's practice, practice, practice. Again, if you want to master something, like, just like an athlete, you practice. And you practice and you practice. And that letting go is one of the most powerful steps we can take. Because we can only, in a human body, there's only so much, Robert, we can do. The rest has to be done at a higher level. And we cannot have it done from that higher perspective and that higher place unless we surrender it or let it go and trust that it is being done. We're doing all that we can on this level, and now we turn it over, dear God, and now you do your part. And when did you, when were you, when did your knowing anchor? Because like most people, uh, you were, you know, you know, you do the work and you're like, am I just doing this for rote? And then you, yes. at a certain point, you realize that no, that becomes more of a feeling and something you look forward to. But what was, what was it like? I, my, my, my epiphany of that was today when I saw that on that email, that, that mass email yes. in one of this prestigious yes. contests and whatever happens, happens. But it was like, okay, yes. I'm there. Okay, yes. it's happening. It's happening. I know it. But yes. for you, what was there a trigger? Um, I don't know if there was a specific trigger, but I will tell you, it was probably a couple of at least a couple of years into my process where I I really was beginning to know. I had this knowingness about certain things that I never had in my life before. And I was receiving a lot of information that I called my downloads. Things mm -hmm. were coming to me that I'm going, how did I know that? Mm -hmm. I just knew. But I was open to it. I was asking for it. I was allowing myself to receive it. And there's a lot, uh, there's a lot in that thing that, there's a lot in that statement of allowance, Robert. You know, we people, a lot of my clients come to me and say, Brenda, I've been praying for years and my prayers are never answered. And the first question I ask them is, are you truly ready and open to mm -hmm. receive what you're asking for? Mm -hmm. And it catches right. them. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden it's that aha, oh my God. You know, I think I am, but am I really? Well, let's explore that. And we go into that and explore that. And nine times out of ten, we find out there were certain things blocking them from having what they asked for because they hadn't, take, hadn't taken appropriate steps. They hadn't let go of certain things. They hadn't made space in their life for it, even though in the head, their ego saying, oh, yeah, we got her all handled, but not really. 
you know, not really. Talk to us about, and I know we're kind of running over a little bit, but, uh, and you know, it's amazing that your book is called the gift of cancer and we can see why it's been a gift, but really it's yeah. about so much more. And I would, you know, oh, we'll get more. your information out there to everybody else, but the importance of forgiveness, because a lot of people don't know how to say, I'm sorry, or I screwed up. And a lot of people don't forgive that, you know, it's it, to me, I find forgiveness is pretty easy because I don't want to carry that around, but how can right. people how to forgive? Well, if people live with a lot of self-criticism and a lot of self-judgment, then they'll be the kind of person that can't admit they did something that, you know, was wrong. And, and truly, from my point of view, Robert, we don't really make mistakes. We're not really wrong. In fact, when we stumble on something and we fall down, and we do something that we could have done differently and done it way better, we're, it's really what's right about us at that time. Because what's really being called forth at that time, what we're really being shown is we need to look at this. You need to look at this. Look at that. Not from a place of what's wrong with you, but a, from a place of, oh my gosh, shine your eyes and your, and your light on that. Bring that awareness to you. Become aware of that because you can do that differently. And in that knowing, in that kind of compassion for the self, you can have forgiveness for yourself. And you can't really forgive another until you're capable of forgiving yourself. But when you see another stumble and fall and make a mistake and go off path and do something, there that's... That is exactly what needs to happen to them right then because there's mm -hmm. something there very important for them to learn, to grow yeah. from. And when we put all our judgment on it, all we're doing is heaping guilt onto a problem that really is begging to be healed. It's begging yeah. to be healed. Yep. Ah, brilliant. Um, what, because we're at the end of the show, what would be one piece of advice that you could give people to help raise their vibration or just live a more full, fuller life, fulfilling life, and keep themselves mm -hmm. healthy? The one piece that I do with my clients all the time, and I would extend this to anyone that's willing, is start their day by taking just a couple of minutes in the shower while they're driving, um, not while they're eating, but while they're driving, maybe they're sitting at their desk or they're, they're um, in the shower, is to take some breaths into their heart, into the center of their chest, into the heart chakra, with the intention of getting connected there and opening that space up. If you would do that for just a minute every day, just that simple thing would make a difference in a person's life because they're beginning to resonate or put their energy in that place. And that is that movement that's being called forth on this planet today. And there's a lot of support for that. So it's not a hard thing to do. It's just a thing to practice. Fantastic. And to be kind to the self. Be kind to the self. We're so critical of ourselves. And therefore, we're so, we project our judgment onto the world. And all we are doing is keeping all of that alive. 
Well, uh, beautifully stated, Brenda. And uh, thank you. I'm honored that you finally made it on the show. Thanks thanks that we didn't have the, any technical issues this time, and it was well worth the wait. Um, and your book is The Gift of Cancer. Where can people find you and your radio show and the book and your website and all that they kind can, of stuff? Social they media. can find... Yeah, they can find the radio show Conscious Talk Radio at ConsciousTalk.net. We're on five days a week uh, here in the Seattle area. They can stream it live. We do podcasts and we do live radio right here from a station here in Seattle. They can find out more about my work and Marsha's work alongside of me and another amazing woman, Marla Williams, who's part of our group at IntentionalShift.com. And they can buy the book uh, off of Amazon or any of the major bookstores. And I hope they will because whatever they're going through, it doesn't have to be cancer. It can be anything they're going through. The same principles apply to it. Fantastic. Well, listen, it's a pleasure to meet you. And I really enjoyed our conversation. Hopefully, maybe we can, we didn't really get deep into specifics on the book, except, you know, your, the, the story itself. But I want to talk about alkaline versus acidic heavy metals, uh, the re different regimes oh, you've yeah. gone through. So so oh, maybe yeah. at some point, maybe at some point down the road, we can do it again, because I'd love to really get deeper and deeper into it, because there's a lot that people could learn from your story. And again, the name of the book is The Gift of Cancer, and it's about so much more than that. Yes. Well, Robert, thank you. I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for, it's an honor to be on your show. I loved our conversation. I would love to come back on and Great. speak to you about any of those issues because I know they can help people. Great. All right. Thanks so much, Brenda. And have a wonderful summer. And uh, thank you for thank being you. so patient to, for me to pull this together. Okay, everybody. That. All right. So that's our show for this evening. Our wonderful guest again, Brenda Michaels, The Gift of Cancer. Uh, next week, we've got another uh, author on, Dean Sluter, who was on uh, a couple of months ago. He has a book on meditation. He's located in Southern California. He's got another book about spirituality in the movies, and we're going to talk about that next week. But until then, I hope everybody picked up some great tips uh, from our guests this evening and will stay conscious and do the right thing. And really, I think that great tip was to open your heart every morning, spend a little time to just pump that heart and open it up and try to be a kinder, better person. And um, so remember that uh, better men, better world is what we say here in guys, guys land, if you will. And guys, guys, finish first. <laughs>